Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Equipped to Be Show with Connie Albers. Equipped to Be is a podcast dedicated to helping you discover and develop your unique strengths, gifts, and talents so you can apply them to all areas of life. So let's get ready to dive into how you are equipped to be. Hey, hey, welcome to today's podcast of Equipped to Be. Today, we're talking about curfews. Yes, the word our children love to hear. We are going to talk about curfews because I get a lot of questions about this. I'm going to be talking about different aspects of curfews and things you actually need to know and consider because it's more than just setting a time and, you know, micromanaging, which sometimes people will say, Connie, uh, you know, I don't want to hover. I don't want to be a helicopter parent. I don't want to, I don't want to squelch my child or, or ruin their self-esteem. No, we're going to talk about curfews. We're going to break it all down. So I'm glad you're here with me today. Let's just dive into this. I get a lot of questions about how did you handle curfews? Well, as you know, I am a mom of many. And as a mom of many, that meant the older kids often got more opportunities and they had to accept more responsibilities than their younger siblings. Sometimes those younger siblings would grumble and complain, right? You've heard it. If you have younger children and older children, the younger children, that's not fair. And I smile and nod. And inside, I want to say, you're right. Life's just not fair. Sometimes I probably uttered that. I didn't do it very often, but that's what they're thinking. But when we talk about the area of curfew, and we specifically want to think about how, why, and then implementation. So the first thing we have to consider when we set a curfew is the age of the child. That's going to greatly make our decision-making process easier, right? If, if you have a child who is 12 or 13 and they want to go spend the night or they want to go to a movie with a friend or they want to go uh, do some activity, a 13-year-old, the freedom that they can have is very different than the freedom of a 16-year-old or 17-year-old. But it's not just age. I, I clearly remember one of my kids saying, but I am this old and I very very nicely looked at them and said, age is just a number. And I encourage you to, if your children kind of use that as as an argument against whatever it is that you're saying, you know, let's just say they're trying to lobby for more time or even the opportunity to go. I would say age is a number. With age comes maturity and responsibility. So there's two factors to the age. Not just the age, you know, we can't set an arbitrary at 13, at 11, at 15, you're going to be able to go do X, Y, Z. That's not really wise because age is a number and it's a relevant factor. But what really matters is the responsibility level and the maturity level of your child. Like I have, you know, a mom of many, not all of my children matured at the same time. Not all of my children not even about maturity, but not all of my children were in tune kind of like with their environment. So if if they were out and about, they may not pick up on dangers that could be lurking around them. They they may be oblivious to the location of an activity or the people that might be around them, not because they weren't wise or smart, but just because they weren't really thinking about those elements that come with maturity. 
Other kids, they didn't all gain that same level of responsibility and competency at the same age. So when you're setting your curfew, age is a, is a factor. And how you decide what you do could be based on age. But I'd like to encourage you to make it more about the maturity and the responsibility factor. Next would be, how do I set an, an activity? If it's a predefined event, let's say a, a sports event or a movie, then your, the curfew could be set, all right, it's going to be 30 minutes to the movie or whatever it is to the movie. The movie's going to last for this long. You may want to hang out and chit-chat for a little bit after. All right, this will be the time we want you home. Others may say, I don't really care what you do. I mean, I, I don't mean that truly literally, I just, it's just a figurative statement, but you may say you can go out this evening, but we want you home by nine or 10 or 11 or whatever that time is for your family. And we'll talk about the different, how do you expand that time as your child grows, but consider the activity. That's another factor to consider when telling your child this is when you need to be home, not <laughs> as, as we would get, okay, we're on our way home and it was five minutes from the curfew and they're 30 minutes away. No, home means in the house. It means in the home. So if you're leaving five minutes before and it's a 35 minute ride, what have you just shown me? You've shown me you don't have the ability to be responsible in time management. You let time escape you. And then they may come back, but mom, I was with other people and I can't make them go according to your time. That is a very true statement. And mom and dad, it would be wise for you to hear when they have those legitimate, some people would call them excuses. I don't. But when they would have legitimate reasons why they would fail to meet the curfew. And that could be because they are with other people or there's somebody else driving. And maybe that person's not real good with time management. When that happens, that's just a great opportunity for you to have a conversation, not the minute they walk in the door, but at, a, at the next time before they go out, you can bring that back up. Hey, remember that time when you went so-and-so and this happened? Well, this is what you need to understand. This is how our family, always talk about our family, not you, our, we, us, we are a family unit. I talk about that in Parenting Beyond the Rules, where they know they're not set apart from who we are as a family. So you remember that time where you went and you text me five minutes before you're supposed to be home and there really was no possible way for you to meet curfew? Well, that can't happen again. If you're seeing that things are going to be held up on somebody else's account, not because of you, because let's say you're not the one that's making their decision, you're going along, then you're going to have to contact me much sooner. And if that's not a possibility, if, if you don't think you can remember that, then we're going to have to pass on you being involved in that activity with, say, those particular friends. The, the next thing we want them to understand, to call and check in on us, to even speak up uh, with their peers. Hey, guys, I would love to hang out longer, but if I am not home by my curfew, my folks, you know, they might not let me go hang out again, and I really want to do that. So let's I, this is what I have to do. Yeah, you know what? You have to prepare them. They might get some pushback from their friends. Not their real friends. Their real friends will get it. But the people that they're maybe trying to be friends with or in some of the cases they're trying to impress, 
those would be the ones who might make fun and mock, oh, mommy and daddy won't let you stay out late. Or they may challenge them and say, well, curfews, you know what? What are your parents going to do to you? The worst thing they're going to do is you're going to be grounded for a week or they're going to take your cell phone away. No big deal. The fun of what we're doing right now outweighs any punishment your parents could do to you. And those are real things that peers say to other peers, and that could be your kid. So talk to them about the responsibility level. The next thing is, what are you going to be doing? Where will you be doing it? How long is this expected to last? Who will be there? Will there be adults there? And why does that matter? Again, the curfew is established based on a variety of circumstances and at different ages. We're not just talking about setting a curfew when they're you know, 16, 17, 18, and they get their driver's license. No, no, no. We're talking way before that. And there's a reason why we're doing this, and that's what we talk to our kids about. We talk to them about the responsibility factor. We talk about the body's need for rest. Scientifically, the body's need for rest. They're not going to care about that because they're young. I mean, how many, <laughs> honestly, how many times do you and I stay up way past what we, we need to stay up till, trying to finish out a project or get ready for an ev- a event or something, you know, some school project or family project or whatever project, you know, could be a passion project you have. We've stayed up late and then we pay for it the next day, right? Well, our children do the same thing. They just don't put it in the mature words and they don't think the way we think. And they're not expected to because they're still children in the process of growing up. So talk to your kids about, I'm doing this because your body needs rest. You have school the next day. You have work the next day. We have whatever XYZ happening at 7 a.m. the next morning, and you are not a morning person. So if you stay out way past this time, I know you're going to wake up grumpy, and you're going to not be pleasant, and you're not going to want to cooperate. And I also know more than any of that, you're not going to be on your best You're you're not going to bring your your best, your A game, so to speak. You're not going to be able to function at the level you would be had you got enough rest. And those are all things when you talk to your kids about, you remind them, I am responsible to help you grow. I am responsible to help shape, form, mold, and fashion. I know you way better than you know you. Why? Because you've been watching them. You've been parenting them for however many years they are old. I know that when you stay up late reading or we stay up late playing a game or talking, I know what you're like the next morning. And part of my job as your parent is to help you learn to live and schedule your events, activities, bedtime routines. Part of my job is to help you learn what works for your body. Some of your children are night owls. I mean, it's nothing for them to go to bed at one or two in the morning. I mean, they just, their brain kind of kicks into high gear. But some of you, your children are morning risers. I, I am. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed. I am up by 5 36 o'clock a.m. period. So when I had teenagers, and we had teenagers for a lot of years uh, with five kids, they'd be wanting to start having those deep, heavy conversations <laughs> at midnight. And all I'd want to do is go to sleep, and I'd be laying on the bed and listening to those conversations. And I'd kind of roll into my own bed by one or two in the morning, and it didn't matter 
I was up at six, six, I was up by five thirty, well, between five thirty and six thirty, regardless. And most of the time my early rising children would be there to greet me. So there are some seasons in your life as as a parent where you are going to be burning it at both ends. But you know, God sustains you through that and he gives you the ability and the and the mental clarity. There are times where you're you're just gonna have to say, I can't do it. I gotta get my sleep. But that's why we talk to that's why we talk to our kids about why there is a curfew, what what our family rules are, what we have established that works for our family. And I'll talk about that later, more specifically. And they need to know that you're going to talk to the other parents involved. You know, perhaps there's someone that's going to swing by and pick them up. Oh, so-and-so's you know, mom's going to pick us up, or so-and-so's dad's going to drop us off, or, you know, so-and-so's older brother. You know, there's all these different scenarios. Let them know. I'm I'm just going to give them a call and make sure that they are aware of these plans. I can't tell you how many times I would call someone and the parent would be like, oh, I didn't know about this. Because we often assume that other families kind of operate the way we do, and that's just not the case. Sadly, there are a lot of parents who really don't know what their kids are doing, and they're busy with whatever they're doing, and they or their parenting style is different. And they're just not like your, your family or they weren't like my family. So that little call sometimes would be off-putting. Sometimes they would actually think that I was being overprotective and I didn't care. You know, I'm just going to tell you straight up, if, if these, if what you're setting is right for your family, then don't care what other people say about it. Listen, examine, see if maybe you're, you're kind of being a little too strict or maybe you're being a little too lenient or there are other things you should, you know, kind of consider that's what a wise woman does, right? She she has to take in information, same with your husband, but you take in that information and then you make a wise decision. Next, that the kids have to check in. I don't care if they're 10, 12, 15, 18, 20, yes, 23, yes. Why? Connie, that seems extreme. Well, I want to dive into the checking in part because oftentimes parents or kids will really complain about checking in because they might feel as if you're hovering or you don't trust them. I've had many parents say, their kids come up and say, but you don't trust me. My own kids would say that. I'm like, no, it's not about trusting you. It's about giving you the opportunity to manage the freedom and enjoy the experiences that you're requesting. Did you catch what I just said? It's an opportunity for you to manage the freedom and show us that you have the resp- the ability to be responsible to do what we're asking you to do. Because why? This is how our family operates. This is our family. And my, my kids today will still tell you, I would, uh, I would say many, many times, we are the Albers and this is how we do things. And they're proud. They're proud that they belong to our family. It makes them feel connected to something bigger than themselves because, you know, the truth is we all want to be part of something bigger than just ourselves because ourselves are just so small in comparison to the vastness of all that God has made. So, yes, you're going to be checking in, and it's their responsibility to text you or call you when they get where they're going. It's also their responsibility to text and or call you when they get ready to leave. 
And it is their responsibility to, if you've already tucked away in bed, you're not really asleep because I know uh, there, I think most years I got very little sleep just waiting for my children to get home. It's your responsibility to say, hey, mom, dad, I'm home. It's not that much to ask of them. And if you want to ask them, how, is, how did it go? Did you have fun? Who was there? Then ask them, ask them. Some of your kids may want to tell you right away. Some of them may not. They may say, can we talk about this tomorrow? Or it was just fine. And if they don't choose to share all the details because inquiring minds want to know, I mean, <laughs> I will tell you, my children felt like they were, you know, like on a firing squad because I would constantly be asking rapid fire questions. Well, what did this person say? And what did that person say? And how did you do this? And did anything, I, pre- I, I will tell you this, probably the one thing I would do differently would be the interrogation process, that they wouldn't feel like I was interrogating them to see if somebody had misbehaved. That It took me a little while to learn not to do that, and mostly it's because my children taught me that wasn't okay to do. The other part has to do with explaining the safety and the trust factor. Let's face it, it isn't safe. Our kids are preyed upon. And they don't realize the danger that's out there. In simple things, going even going to a movie, you know, posting, hey, we're going to be meeting up at the, at, you know, the theater. We're going to be going here. We're going to be going even to youth group. Other people see that, and it puts them in a vulnerable position. So we talk about the safety involved, why they need to be careful, why that matters, and how you... And how they have a responsibility to learn to be safe. You know, when they're little, we teach them about stranger danger. So that sounds great, but it applies as they get older as well. Not putting themselves in compromising positions where they could be, you know, vulnerable to being preyed upon. And then we talk about the trust. See, trust is a beautiful thing. All of our kids start off with the same amount of trust. I would literally tell mine, I trust you completely. Now, here's the deal. There's two elements to trust. I don't trust what other people would do or that other people care about your safety the way your parents care about your safety. But the other factor with trust, this is an important one, is I start off completely trusting you. I trust that if you say that you're going to the mall and you're not making five pit stops along the way and stopping and picking up random friends or going to a random friend's house to hang out for a bit, and then you spend 15 minutes at the mall. I trust you to tell me the truth. And I will have the same level of trust for you until you choose to not be completely honest. Did you catch that? See how I'm transferring it from me being an overprotective parent? I'm shifting responsibility over to them. Hey, I completely trust you, buddy. If you choose to do something and you're not completely honest, I may or may not find out about it right away, but I can guarantee I will find out about it eventually. And when I do, you have now broken the trust. And it's much harder to regain the level of trust you're starting with than it is to maintain it. And you know, your kids are smart. Some are smarter, 
Some are a little smarter than others. They kind of catch that. Some of them are, are going to push you a little bit and they're going to want to see if those boundaries, you know, really do happen. I did a interview with someone probably pretty notable. Y'all would know who this person is. And I'm not going to say the name just because of respect, but they had, they now adults with kids. And, and we are talking about my book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. And they said, yes, my parents laid down the rules and it was my goal in life to break every one of them. Because I thought, didn't matter. They're going to love me anyway. I can do whatever. The consequences, the fun outweighed the consequences until they were older, like seven, I think it was probably 18 or so. They came home and the, the locks on the door were changed. And I'm not kidding you. I just died laughing. I thought, well, that that's a pretty bold statement. And the reason the parents gave was just that, listen, you're not going to run all over us. We are a family. And we're going to do life together. And we have given and given and given. And it's been your goal to just ignore everything we've said. So now we're, we're changing how we're functioning. And you don't have a say now. Tell you what, that woke that person up. And they actually parent differently because of that one experience. That was a defining moment for them. Next, moving on, establish the family rules and then stick to it. Okay, wait a minute. I know some of you are thinking, establish the family rules and then stick to it. But my whole book is about parenting beyond the rules. That is why I wrote the book. Because we're great with establishing rules, limits, and boundaries, which our children need. Safety, maturity, growing up, they need those. But there are occasions that we're able to say, I completely understand. Here, take another hour. Instead of coming home at 10, as long as you're home by 11 or as they're older, you know, instead of coming in at 11, okay, midnight, we, we set those rules, limits, and boundaries. We set those for what works for our family. We can adjust based on the things I had mentioned earlier, their age, their maturity level, the activity, their responsibility level, their responsibility level in checking in, their honesty that they are, they have proven themselves to be trustworthy and honest but they still need to know what the, what the rules are. And I'm very specifically talking about if they don't go where they say they're going to go, they don't stay where they say they're going to stay, they don't get in at the time that they have said they will be in, then, then there is a consequence that is already understood. Guess what? I, I want to give you this freedom. I really do. But you've shown me See what I'm saying here? You've shown me that you're not able to responsibly handle the freedom I've given you. And I would tell my children all the time, freedom is earned when responsibility is handled wisely. See, our kids have to know that we want to give them freedom. That's part of growing up. And as we transfer and our roles and, and, and the kids start to change and our parenting styles start to change, when that happens, then we have to adjust. But there's always going to be a responsibility on the child. And it's up to them. It's kind of like, here's your mission, if you choose to accept it or not. Let them know that there is go- they're going to be on friend finders or some kind of tracking device. That, that doesn't mean you're stalking them. It's for safety. I will tell you my mar- my non-married kids, if you were married, we didn't do fine friends. If you are not married, we always did fine friends. To, uh, as adults, my kids in college and beyond, 
Because if something ever happened, I would literally say, how would we know where to start to look for you? And I know this kind of sounds bad, but I would say, I don't want to have to be that mom that walks around stapling a picture of, has anyone seen my child on telephone poles? That made an impact to them. They realized I'm not being overbearing. I'm not trying to be a killjoy. I'm trying to look out for their safety while allowing them to grow up. Check their social media. Yes, be friends with them on social media if they have social media accounts. I know if your kids are younger, this might not apply, but certainly as they get older, check their social media accounts and and be friends of their friends. And if that's not okay, there's an indicator. There's a warning light. Something something might be a right. Now, you're not judging them, but it's just kind of like a warning light. Check into that. See if it's see if everything is truly on the up by up. And then take everything on a case by case basis. Every child's different. You, you may have some children that are very compliant, they're very cautious, they're, they're not, they're aware of their environment. You know that they're going to have their eyes open and they're going to be very cognizant of what's going on and the people that they're around. But then you have your free spirits that they could end up getting themselves in trouble quickly. Not because they're being, they don't care, but truly they're just not aware. They're just a free spirit type of child. So take each each request on a case-by-case basis and schedule times for them to earn more freedom. Schedule that. People have said to me now, those are, you know, I've kind of like shared the different ideas and I've even shared the whys. Here's, here's the benefits of all that. Your trust in your relationship grows both ways. Relationship gets stronger. The trust gets solidified so that they can, you know, one day say, mom, dad, I'd like to go away with some friends on a camping trip. If, if they've been faithful in the small things day in, day out, then when the bigger requests come, it's, it's not quite so concerning because they've got a track record. They've got a pattern. But curfews never stop. That's right. People will say, oh, well, did you stop it at, at 18? No. They had curfews in college. All of my children went to college. All of them lived at home and went to college, which is why I I speak so much about how to get your kids in and out of college with zero debt, zero loans, and no college prepay. One of the ways we did that is they lived at home. Well, they still had curfews, and many people will say, but they're adults. And sometimes my kids would say, but I'm an adult. I'm like, you're right, but you're still living at home. You are still living with a family unit. And at some point, you'll have a spouse or you'll have a roommate. And this is called common courtesy. And these were the things we would say. Uh, Your siblings need sleep. And they don't need to be disturbed by you coming in at 1 or 2 in the morning. They need their sleep. And guess what? Even though you are an adult, you still need your sleep. I'm not mandating that you get sleep. But I am saying you can't disrupt the entire household because you were out having fun. School happens the next morning for the younger siblings or for their peers or even for themselves. It's another reason why we still set curfews. Some of our kids, you know, we had kids in college for 11 consecutive years, which meant that also tells you we had teenage, we had, a, we had a lot of teenagers for years. Their needs were different, physical, emotional, and mental, and spiritual. So you have to take all of that in consideration. So some of the kids had 7 a.m. classes, And when we were homeschooling, some of my early birds would still need to get up because they're going to get up anyway, and they've got to get going on their school because it is a full school day. The other part, the third thing was, you know, we have to get up for work. 
we can't be up waiting for you to meander in at any time you so choose. We have to get up for work and know we are not likely to fall asleep. And you know, okay, all's, all's well in the family. And the most important thing is that it is, it's courtesy. It's courtesy for other people. And I would, I would give my kids a picture of, imagine the next morning, you've got to get up and you've got an exam. You've got an early morning practice. And one of your siblings decided they were going to stay out till midnight or one or two. And that woke you up. And because it woke up your sleep cycle, you weren't able to go back to sleep. And now you are dragging. So now what they have chosen to done has having it a negative impact, not only on their next morning, but on other people's mornings as well. And all that is, is concerted is, is courtesy and care for the other person that they might be living with. But there are some factors to extending because people say, so what if I want to extend our curfew? Okay. Is it a weekday or a weekend? Does your family allow the kids to go out to other activities on weekdays? We never really had time for it because our kids were all involved with sports and music. So our, our Monday through Fridays were pretty taken with practices of some sort. We wouldn't always get in by their normal bedtime, but and we would sometimes go out to eat after you know basketball practice or some you know practice like that. But we didn't really have a lot of time Monday through Friday for them to go out on their own and do things with other people. But that is that's something for you to consider. And then if it's a weekend, well, if you go to church on Sunday, what time does church start? Or if somebody's got to get up to work on Saturday morning, what will that look like for Friday? So factors to consider are the weekdays and the weekends. Um, Are your kids driving or is there a parent driving? And why does that matter? Well, there are certain states that have laws about how late your kids can be out driving. That's an important one. That's another factor is who's driving, my kids or my parents or the parents or me. And those all play into the decision-making process. Some have said, Connie, I want to do that. So is this old-fashioned? Am I being hovering? Am I squelching them? Am I going to ruin their self-esteem? Or is it wise? Well, I would just say this. You are preparing your child for adult life. There is, there is no such thing as unfettered freedom. There's just not. There's always going to be a law. There's going to be... an important reason why we need to govern our own behavior and even our own staying out late behavior. So some may say that it is being old-fashioned or that you're being too strict. I would just say carefully consider all the factors, all the points that I made before making a decision and the time frames and curfews that you establish with your middle schooler is you're going to do a graduated type of extension, depending on the what? Maturity and the responsibility level of your child, not necessarily the age and the trust factor. You know, are they being honest with you or are you catching them not, not kind of giving you the whole truth? And they're not giving you the whole truth because they don't want to get in trouble. Well, that's another, that's a hard issue. That's another podcast segment. But you've got to take each child and you've got to look at your family unit and the family needs. And that's where you base your decision. 
So the curfew needs to be adjusted, just like just like with everything. As they grow and mature and they can get more freedom, then they get an extra 30 minutes every year or maybe an extra hour. But I will tell you this. Uh, our college kids, the latest we went on curfew was 1 a.m. And I know you'd be thinking, oh, my goodness, that's so late. Well, my kids traveled to college, and it was a good 40-minute ride. And they would go to you know, games, you know, different like soccer games, football games, they'd be involved with different things on campus. And sometimes those things would end at 11 ish, and then they'd want to go out to eat, which they often wanted to do. And by the time that would wrap up, that'd be around 1230. So one was reasonable. Now remember, I didn't have little littles when I had college kids. And we had 11 kids, we had 11 consecutive years of college. And nine and a half of those years, we had two or three in college at the same time. So we were relatively working on similar ages. They all didn't get the same curfew, but they did have that same, I wasn't worried about the baby waking up or the toddler waking up because somebody comes in. I didn't have that, but you might. And those are the reasons why you have to consider your family and the needs of your family before you make a, a decision. And when and just pray about it. You and your spouse, if you're married, you guys talk about it. One of you will probably be a little more lenient than the other, and one of you are going to tend to be a little more strict or cautious than the other. That's what makes you your family. So talk about it. Agree upon it. Make sure your child knows the whys of the decision that you're making. And then constantly be willing to reevaluate and reassess the requests that are made based on the age, maturity, and responsibility level of your child. That's it for today's episode. I hope this is helpful as you navigate the curfew years and how to set curfews that work for your family. Well, that wraps up this episode of Equipped to Be. If you enjoyed this show, please share it with a friend or family member and hit subscribe so you don't miss a show. And thank you again for joining me. Remember that we are equipped for every season of life.